Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. I got, I got two more now. What kind of shoes did the Egyptians wear during the plague of frogs? Open-toed. And finally, how many pharaohs does it take to screw in a light bulb? One, but he won't let it go. Okay. Well, now on to more serious stuff. Last week, we partook of Shulchan Adonai. That is the Lord's Supper. That is communion in the Christian world. We do this on a regular basis in remembrance of an event that is really much older and rooted in Jewish culture. The Shulchan Adonai, the communion, is basically the focus today has shifted from what was once a shadow to one of substance today, the remembrance, the Lord's Supper. We need to understand the shadow before in order to grasp the full meaning of the substance today. Now, tonight we're going to partake and participate in the Passover Seder. But before we do, I want to take a look in the Bible and see the connection between sin and the lamb and a blood sacrifice. We'll start by going all the way back in the very early part of the book of Genesis in chapter 4. And this is where we first see the words sin and sheep together in the same chapter. (laughs) Now, you all know the story that uh, Adam and Eve, their first two sons were Cain and Abel. And Cain was a farmer and Abel was the shepherd. And so we're reading in Genesis 4, verses 2 through 7. It says, Abel became a shepherd of flocks while Cain became a worker of the ground. Okay, makes sense. One, was, one took care of the, the sheep, the flock, and one was a farmer, either raising vegetables, fruits, what have you. So it happened after some time that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to Adonai, while Abel, who also brought of this firstborn of his flock in their fat portions. Now, Adonai looked favorably upon Abel and his offering. But upon Cain and his offering, he did not look favorably. Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then Adonai said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, it will lift. But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the doorway. It is desire is for you, but you must master over it. See, this is the first time we see an example of sacrifice, blood sacrifice. But the reason why Cain's uh, offering wasn't acceptable, it wasn't about the type of sacrifice, I don't think. 
I think it was the heart behind it. You see, Abel brought of his firstborn and fat portions. He brought something precious, something special. Cain just brought, well, we don't know. He says an offering of the fruit of the ground. Was it the best he had, or just did he say, well, here's some apples with brown spots on them. I'm going to give those to Adonai. I don't know. Abel's sacrifice was precious. It was valuable. Cain's sacrifice was just more of, well, here. And to God, it was about the intent. What is the heart behind the giving? What is the heart behind the sacrifice? This is the first time we hear about sin, that we can rule over it. The Lord said, you can rule over it. You can master over it. The sheep was accepted. The sheep was from the heart. But the sin prevented Cain's sacrifice from being accepted. Now, the next time we hear about a lamb in the Bible is Genesis chapter 22. Now, you know this story. This is a story of how Abraham was taking his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah, where he was going to obey God and to do what most of us would think is totally unthinkable, and that is to sacrifice his son. And you remember how much trouble Abraham and Sarah had just to have a son and how long it took their waiting and being patient and being faithful. And now here God is telling them you need to sacrifice his son. So, We read in Genesis 22, verses 6 through 8. It says, Then Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and put it on Isaac, his son. And in his hand, he took the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked out together. Then Isaac said to Abraham, his father, "Um, My father? uh, Hey, Dad? Um, Here I am, my son. He said, "Uh, Look, here's the fire and here's the wood, but uh, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering, my son. Wow. You know, Isaac is thinking to himself, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Uh, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where is the lamb? So Abraham binds his son and puts him on the wood. And as he raises his knife to sacrifice his son, God intervenes and says in verse 12, he says, Then he said, Do not reach out your hand against the young man. Do nothing to him at all. For now I know that you are the one who fears God. You did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. And, of course, I wonder, well, what about Ishmael? He had a son before that, right? God says, your only son. This is your inheritance. This is the promised child for you. Your only son. You did not withhold him from me. It's important to note that that phrase, only son, is the same words, the same phrase that is used in a very famous verse in the Gospel of John, John 3.16. Those are the same words that John uses, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's the same one and only son. 
And we go on to read that God provided a lamb for the sacrifice caught in a nearby bush. So the thing is, God provided the lamb. God provided the lamb. He did then, and he does now. The Lord will himself provide the lamb. As much as we want to give to him in praise and worship, ultimately, he will be the one providing the sacrifice. It will come from him to us, the sacrifice. It's his way of showing compassion and reaching out to a sinful, dying world that will give us the only solution. Now, fast forward a few thousand years, and near the city of Jericho and on the banks of the Jordan River, there's this guy. He's immersing people. He's baptizing them in the River Jordan. <clears throat> he's, his name is Yochanan, Yochanan the Immerser, or as in the English, John the Baptist. And in John verse 1, I mean, John chapter 1, verse 29, we read, it says, The next day John sees Yeshua coming to him and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that John, that Yochanan, he sees Yeshua for the first time. And what does he say? He doesn't say, he doesn't actually say Messiah or Son of God. He says, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just uh, the sin of the, the guys that are there at the Jordan, not just the sin of Israel, the whole world. Now, people may say, well, you know, isn't that what Yom Kippur is about, Day of Atonement, taking away sin? Well, Yom Kippur was specifically for Israel, the sins of Israel. The Lamb of God, Yeshua, is for entire world, sacrifice for the entire world. The only lamb that matches description of the Passover lamb is Yeshua. Now, you remember that the angel told the people of Israel, when they were still in Israel, uh, that was still in Egypt, to take a lamb, a year-old lamb, an unblemished lamb, and to keep it in your house for four days, from the 10th of the month to the 14th of the month. Then they were told to take the blood of the lamb, this innocent lamb that they had just slaughtered, and put it on the doorpost of the house and ab above the doorpost, so the sides and the top, because the Lord was going to send his angel to pass over their houses. Now, the Passover was all about the blood being on the doorpost of the house. The angel of death would pass over. It was not even about being a Jew or a Gentile. It was about the blood of the lamb. And, you know, we talked about this in the Torah study last, uh, the other Wednesday night. We talked about the people that left with the children of Israel. It was, was a mixed bunch. So, technically... And we don't know for sure, but it, I mean, if an Egyptian family slaughtered the lamb and put the blood on the doorpost, the angel of death passed over. 
they were saved from that as well. That is, the Lamb of God that John referred to in that verse in John was, was looking towards Yeshua. When we look at Yeshua, anyone that puts his trust in him, anyone who has the blood of the Lamb metaphorically on the doorposts of your heart, anyone, no matter who it is or where he is, will be passed over when the day of judgment comes. For Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 says, The blood will be assigned to you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So there will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Yeshua is the reason for the Passover. Everyone who believes in Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua the Messiah, will experience Passover. The judgment will pass over you. The Passover lamb is in your hearts, in your house every day. That's why when we celebrate the Passover and we partake of the Passover meal, we are there to remember. It's looking back and remembering. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that the Jewish people did not have any kind of a calendar until they left Egypt because the Lord said to Moses in verse 2 of Exodus 12, he said, this month will mark the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. This month, this event will mark the beginning, and every year you will celebrate it. You will remember it for yourselves, for your children and your generations. It's to be taught to your children and passed on and passed on. Now, again, go back fast forward a couple thousand years. And in an upper room in Jerusalem... Yeshua is gathered with his Talmudin celebrating Passover, and he tells them, this do in remembrance of me. So we're here to remember. Don't forget. I am the one who took you out of Egypt. I am the one who led you through the desert. I am the one who fought for you. I am the one who sustained you. Every day we are to remember it's not about us, it's about him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But in Messiah, we can do all things. In Hebrew, the word for sacrifice, korban, comes from the same root as for the word to be close or to be near, korab. They're the same root formation. You know, they didn't just take a lamb out of the pasture and quickly slaughter it. They had it in their house for four days. Think about it. This cute, sweet, cuddly, fluffy little lamb. Can you imagine what it was like? Probably, you know, this lamb in the house. The kids were in the house playing with it, petting it. You know, you know the lamb is going, bah. You might start to develop feelings for this little, sweet little lamb. But then on the fourth day, it says, it's got to be slaughtered by you. You don't appreciate sacrifice until you've had a close, intimate relationship. That's why sacrifice and closeness are the same root. 
The sacrifice becomes costly emotionally. Yeshua didn't come and die on the execution stake 10 minutes later. No. His ministry lasted three years. Now, during that time, he developed relationships, especially with these guys, these disciples, these Talmudim. I mean, they hung out with him day and night. They developed a close, intimate friendship. He was their rabbi. He had to show them that he is indeed the unleavened bread, the bread without sin. They could see that because they spent time with him. It's significant in understanding the sacrifice he made. See, Adonai is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, according to Psalm 145.18. That same root word is in that verse, is near, karab, is the same root word as in korban. All who call upon him in spirit and truth. If there is one thing that God wants, it's our hearts. God wants a sacrifice from the heart. Now, when Yeshua was brought before Pilate and he went through the, the beatings and the torture and he was brought, Pilate brought him before the people because remember, he said, okay, I'm gonna, I'll free one prisoner for you for Passover. In, ver in Matthew 27, 17, he says, so when they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, which one do you want me to release to you? Yeshua, who is Bar Abba, or Yeshua, who is called Messiah? Yeshua, who is called Bar Abba, basically son of the Father, or Yeshua, the Messiah? See, there was more than one person named Yeshua back in those days, you know, but Yeshua, Messiah. And they chose Yeshua, who is Bar Abba. Why? Men will tend to choose whatever makes them comfortable. That was the easy choice. He could say, well, he's kind of like us, you know. I'm comfortable with him. We'll, we'll take him. This, this other guy, this Messiah guy, he kind of makes us think about our lives, you know. He makes us think, uh, makes us want to repent. Every day, people choose Yeshua that they're more comfortable with. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, it says, You know that you were redeemed from the feudal way of life handed down from your ancestors, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with precious blood like that of a lamb without a defect or spot, the blood of Messiah. You see, there were in effect two Passover lambs that year. There was the lamb each family was going to, sacrifice, and ate together as their Passover meal with the family. And then there was the Passover lamb, Yeshua, the Son of God, Ben Elohim, who was sacrificed once and all for our sins. That perfect, sinless Son of God who took away the sins of the world once and for all. My question to you is this. People all over the world will be celebrating the Passover Seder this evening. Which Seder do you want to celebrate? That is, which Seder do you want to partake in? 
a Seder purely of tradition, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, that's, that's, that's a nice thing to do. Or do you want to partake in a Seder, one that shows the Messiah? Do you want to be a part of a Seder of Yeshua HaMashiach, who fulfills all the promises, all the prophecy, who was sacrificed once and for all, and who was resurrected and now sits on the right-hand side of the Father interceding for us? He said, this matzah represents my body, which is broken for you. This cup represents my blood, which is said, shed for your sins. This is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. This is the Passover lamb once and for all. Shabbat shalom.